Uh, got you, my rumpy doppelganger. I've got it. Hey, what are you doing? Give me that phone. Congratulations, Bart. You've just discovered a comet. No! 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 Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you doing today, Mitch? Uh, well, I'm in trouble, Dando. Why I are you in trouble? I think I've somehow upset the man that runs the bottle oil around the corner from here. The Thirsty Camel? Yeah, the Thirsty Camel. What did you I, do? I pulled up. There was a car in front of me. He was talking to someone in said car. I was waiting to be served. Did you hot the horn? No. No, no, I didn't mean to get in trouble here. The, but all it was was, uh, as he's having a conversation with her, he sort of realised that he'd been talking to her for a while, so he explained to me, she's off to America. I went, oh, yeah, cool. Who? who? And he's like, oh, young girl in that car's off to the States for six weeks. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, it's exciting. America's a place that you can spend six weeks in. That's awesome. And then he's like, mm, she's only 21. And, and? And? Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's fine. You know. Meanwhile, I'm nearly 30, and I'm off to spend the night in North Geelong. And then he looks at me and says, well, hang on. You, <laughs> you know how some people will call you mate, but they mean motherfucker? Yeah. That's well, what I cop from the back of that. Really? He's gone, well, what's wrong with North Geelong, mate? <laughs> I'm like, nothing, <laughs> nothing, no, no, nothing. I mean, you're in North Geelong. I, yes, I'm aware. Of the, like, everyone's got to live somewhere. It's similar to when you badmouth Cryo. I, I just really like to pay for this and go if I could. <laughs> So did you end up actually getting alcohol from it? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, alcohol doesn't discriminate, Dan. No, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fine. But yeah, I didn't mean to offend the guy. It was more just like you know, her life's going places, mine's not. But I why, wasn't, you, why would you care? No, I don't care. Exactly. Why, why would he, would he care? Think you I wasn't care. disparaging North Geelong. No, you, you North actually, Geelong does plenty to disparage itself. I don't need to chime in. If anything, you were proud that you're going to be staying in North Geelong. No, let's not go that far. <laughs> okay. Why? What's wrong with North Geelong, mate? I just, all I'm saying is that's where I am tonight. <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. We're here to review Bart's Comet. I'm going to say this is an episode that I feel I, I almost put it in my top five in the book. Mm-hmm. I kind of regret not doing it now because I forgot just how great it was. It is one of my favorites by far. It's a great blend of nerd humor and disaster movie. Yeah. And Before the 90s disaster movies like Armageddon mm. and Deep Impact even came Volcano. out. Volcano. Yeah. <laughs> Dante's Peak. <laughs> but it's just an amazing episode. I think I love the episodes. If you go back and look at my top five in the book, it's when the town all gets together and does something. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Who Shot Mr. Burns? It involves the whole town. 22 short films about Springfield involves the whole town. I mm-hmm. won't say the rest of them because it spoils the book. But these are the type of episodes that I love the most. And that scene where they're in Ned Flanders' bomb shelter is just <laughs> amazing. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a wall of sound, that scene. Like it's a... It's a great visual, isn't it? With all just crammed in. Yeah. Spring, <laughs> a Springfield soundboard where everyone gets a good line. Yeah. Did you notice in the first shot of, that, of the crowd, the... I think it was Merkin actually snuck in. Maybe Bob Anderson, the director, snuck in. Where's Waldo? Waldo. Yeah, I did up yeah. the top. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you not kick him out? <laughs> did you try to figure out who doesn't belong in Springfield? How about the new guy that just yeah. rocked up? <laughs> I think for me, 
if they were ever going to do a Simpsons movie in the 90s, this is what they could have got a movie out of. Not Camp Krusty, this episode. Mm. Can I just stop you for a second yeah. and realise that you've said Where's Waldo, despite the fact that we're an Australian podcast. Yeah, I know, but... Wally. Where's Wally? I know. Or where's Wally? <laughs> but why did they change it to Wally for Australian listeners? I guess because... No, Australian viewers, I don't know, is Waldo say. a common name? In America? Maybe not common, but is... I mean, Wally in Australia works. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone understands that Wally is a name. I don't know. Even the Beyond theme that, song no was Wally. Yeah, they, re- Wally, they redubbed the theme song. Wow. Where, 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 where is Wally? Wally? Yeah. Great show. Yeah. I used to love and when they did the freeze frames where you had to try and find him. You give you like 10 seconds to find yeah. him or 30 seconds. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. With the narrator. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is I actually think Where's Wally phonetically is better in music than Where's Waldo. Oh, yeah. Where's Waldo? Yeah. I've never heard the Where's Waldo version. Yeah, no. I don't think I, I want I to hear it. I can only imagine it. <laughs> where's they, Waldo? Unless they completely read it that as well. Maybe it's a rap. And at the end of it, there he is. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> Do you see him? Did you like the episode though? Yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, it's fantastic. Basic. What do you think about my theory though, about it could have been a movie? I feel they could have gotten mm. even 60 minutes out of this. Yeah, comfortably. Even watching it though, it doesn't feel like they've missed you've missed out on anything. No, it doesn't feel like it's rushed in any no, way, no, but they no. could have they could have stretched things yeah, out. Yeah, much better than Kate Krusty. Mm. What was your favorite moment from the episode? I've got several, but I I'll just name a couple after I yours. I think my favorite part I mean, it's so early in the episode, it almost feels okay. unfair, but Skinner's just screaming, no! Three times. <laughs> As it goes, well, more the first one, just okay. when it first goes up. Yep. It's pretty goddamn great. It's great acting. <laughs> uh, and also, Lovejoy, it's all oh, over, over, people. <laughs> we don't have a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> amazing. <laughs> but how great was Azaria delivering that animal sound? Oh, yeah, as Mo. Yeah, because yeah. It, it literally could be any animal. Yeah, there's a baby. <laughs> He's right, you know, about yeah. the ox, about everything. <laughs> I've got the. It's okay, uh, Homer. I've built this bum shed big enough for two families. No deal. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and the quote from last week, uh, where Data Base says, "It's coming towards us at a fantastic speed." I mentioned last week, and I've always thought that I- that was Matt Groening's one of his favorite quotes. Mm. He says in the commentary he despises Data Base as a character. Oh, so well, you got that wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, I do like the nickname for Bart as well. You yes. will be Cosmos. Yes. <laughs> We are the super friends. Shut up. <laughs> so, new name. What have you got for us this week? Uh, easy Comet, Easy Go. Nice. I've got Comet the Hour, Comet the Boy. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Hmm. Trivia. All right, first question. You've already answered it. What's Bart's super friend's name? Oh, that was easy. <laughs> uh, who were the three wise men? The three stooges. Yes. What is the sub-headline on the newspaper when it's mentioning how the rocket's going to be Mayor launched vi- tonight? Mayor Visits Town? Yes, Mayor Visits City. Yep. City. Who invented helium? Helium. Oh, I missed this one. Uh, Pierre Jules Aljansen, according to Principal Skinner. Okay. I mean, helium, the joke there, helium, of course, is a naturally occurring element. Yes. No one invented it. What does the rocket say on the side? Ah, oh, aim away from face. Yes. What coordinates were, uh, what were the coordinates where they found Big Butt Skinner? I don't know that. I know that Bart's one ends in seven. That's okay. the only one. <laughs> Last number seven. Yeah. Uh, 6, 19, 14, 59. The comment was four twelve eight seven. Four twelve eight seven. That would have been a good question for our book. Mm-mm. That's very would difficult. Been, yeah. Too late. What principal stole Skinner's thunder? But he got back at him and he's a little oh, son too. I didn't write the... <laughs> and that son of his. No, I didn't write the name of that down. Uh, I, well, I tried to guess. It's Principal Kohotek. Something, Something along those lines. lines. Yeah. Okay. What was the name of the male astronomer? 
at the observatory. Mm, don't know. Warren. Warren. And finally, you've answered this one as well. What animal was Mo actually impersonating? Oh, yes. A, well, I don't know if that's actually true, yeah, but, but still. A baby ox. That's up for debate. Yes, yeah. Um, my final question. In Greek mythology referenced in this episode, who flew too close to the sun? Don't know. Icarus. Icarus. With his waxy wings. Okay. Do you want to explain to listeners who Icarus is? Uh, well, fl- a man with waxy wings. Okay. Flew too... <laughs> Flew too close to the sun, the wax melted, Icarus plummeted back to the ground. Oh, that's no good. So Icarus could soar higher than the clouds down. I mean, it's a fable. Until these wings melted. Yeah, the point is, stick within your limitations. Yep. Okay, so the original air date was February 5th, 1995. The chalkboard gag, cursive writing, does not mean what I think it does. And the yeah. couch gag was the Simpsons that animated in the style of Fleischer Studios, which was one of Dan Castellanata's favourite couch gags. Uh, what are Fleischer Studios? It's the black and white sort of you oh, yeah, old-fashioned right cartoons. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They sort of look like mimes, the gloves mm-hmm. on and whatnot. So the episode... Steamboat Mickey style, Yes, that kind almost. of thing. Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. The episode kicks off with the science fair and it's wrapping up. Mm-hmm. It's the first non-propane explosion science fair. That was it non or just fewest explosions? Fewest, was it? I think there's still been some propane explosions, okay. but less than normal. Yep. <laughs> and Skinner says they're going to be... Cap- uh, Ending it with by releasing a balloon, and Bart mm. is very excited for the balloon, but Skinner doesn't know why. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what's he say? Like hurrah, hurrah science! Hurrah science! Well, the hurrah is heartening, but I don't, I don't care for woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the woo's concerning, but the hurrah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Releases it, and you get the classic big butt Skinner. The string in Bart's hands. Yeah, is just great. Whoop. He just knows. <laughs> <laughs> And I love how pathetic Skinner looks when he's chasing after it, just mm. trying to jump up and reach it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it would you be, really feel sorry for him because it's do. so embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, in reality, a weather balloon's going to be hanging out much higher and would be out of eyesight pretty quickly. Yeah. But yeah, like it's... It's, it's a hot air balloon. It's that moment of like, oh, I've lost them forever. As a, as a principal, if this happens, you, you've got no credibility in that school anymore. No. Like you can't... It's the main plot for Scent of a Woman. Once someone like once, <laughs> once they inflated the um, balloon and exploded over the principal's car, he was done yeah. in that school. Like he needed to punish them, otherwise he had no uh, what's the word um, when credibility, ma- no mandate. He yeah, had no yeah, mandate yeah. to lead the children. I remember when we super glued the teacher to the chair. Not we. I wasn't part. I was in the classroom. Have I told you the story? I'm sure I've told the story on the. I don't on know. The Maybe you have. I don't remember they, half they, the things that we talk about. They super glued the teacher to the chair, and when he stood up, his pants ripped. And ruined his pants. <laughs> yes. He changed schools. That was it. That was the done. Very he was known as the teacher who got super glued to the chair. The very pants who you w- he was returning. Um, little Seinfeld reference for anyone paying it, playing along at home. Uh, how did someone... How, like, did they put super glue on the chair or on his pants? So, what happened was... One, there was two naughty kids, Rachel and Joel. They're always a tag team just being naughty. Rachel got herself deliberately kicked out. So she was outside the portables. Remember the you know, portables yeah. of high school? She's yep. throwing rocks on the roof to get him, I won't say his name, to get him to walk outside the teacher mm-hmm. um, to tell her off. Whilst he was outside, Joel went and got super glue. Elaborate scheme. Yes. Put it on his chair and everyone in the classroom was thinking, whoa, this is going to be bad if it goes down the way they hope it does. He walks in, sits down and no one says a word. No one's like, oh God, this is going to end terribly. Yeah. Joel then puts his hand up about two minutes later. Can you come over here, please, Mr. Whatever? Goes to get up. Chair comes up with him. <laughs> chair comes up with him again. He sits down. Nearly, tears start building in his eyes. He's like, who did it? Who did it? He nearly starts crying. Oh, that's not the reaction you want. You want him to get angry. Yes. And then once he started tearing up, everyone thought, oh, God, this is bad. And when he stood up, he pulled the chair off. It ripped yeah. his pants. Little did you know that his son died in an unfortunate superglue accident. <laughs> 
<laughs> brought up all sorts of horrific <laughs> memories. But yeah, that guy, he's left now. <laughs> he was, actually, sorry, no, it wasn't his son. It was his grandfather got super glued into a jet in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't able to hit the eject button. <laughs> no, it went out with the jet. <laughs> so, where were we in the episode? So, Big Butt Skinner's just taken off. Whoever brings down that balloon doesn't bring doesn't have to learn fractions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love his go-to his go-to bargaining. I'll do it, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just they all start throwing rocks at the yep. cars, and yep. then that's my car, kids. Piffer straight at the car. That's just straight up being a criminal. Yeah, that's just um, that's, that's that's malicious. What um, it's malicious something or other intent. Um, dam- willful damage of property. That's yes. what it is. Yep. Uh, Willie then shoots at the jet fighters. I love that Willie has the shotgun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right there, ready to go. And then yeah, <laughs> that is America, I guess. Crummy American, um, <laughs> crummy American jet fighters. I don't know, like if in the mid nineties there was an issue with their fourteen Tomcats or something like that, having like a poor laser uh, guidance system or something. Yeah, I'm not too sure either, or whether like, it was I just Swartzwelder was... trying to write something funny. Yeah, like I couldn't tell if it was a, a very specific reference or if it was more just a general reference about budget cuts in the military. Well, they said on the um, on the commentary that it was just Schwarzwelder being Schwarzwelder. Okay. Just taking an opportunity whilst he It could. is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. The outline of Willie, Iraqi fighter jet. Yeah, that's the Iraqis again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sidewinder, missile away. Oh, missed. Says, I'm going to find out who did this, but empty your pockets. It finds the blueprints. <laughs> the most the incriminating dummy. pockets of all time. <laughs> Notarized photos of you making the banner. <laughs> Copyrights, but like an alternate name. Yes, <laughs> and then Buttzilla uh, goes to leave with Milhouse, but um, Skinner grabs him and says, "The way he's going to punish him, he's going to make sure that he must now aid science." Mm. So he wants him to come and what? What do you call? It? Just looking at the stars, just trying to find something. What is stargaze? Stargaze. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh well, star- there's probably a more official name for it than stargazing, but he just wants him to take part in some um, amateur aston- yep. astronomy. And I think they do a really good job in the next scene of encapsulating what it was like being a kid getting up before the sun comes up. Even an adult getting up yeah, before the sun comes it's, up. It's, it's it's a different experience. It is. <laughs> like that thing of there's a 4.30 in the morning was a very genuine revelation. Especially like, if you're a child. What? Yeah. What? That doesn't exist. What are you doing up at that time? <laughs> I thought the world started at 6am when time ex- TV started. Time exists for newspaper delivery men and bakers and yeah. no one else. Yeah. How good is walking past a bakery... After like a night out in town where you can smoke. There's a place in Geelong. I don't think it's there anymore. I think it was Brumbies. They used to bake the bread at like 3 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. That was so good. That would have been pretty... That would have been heaven. Yeah. We have a place just over I, here. I do like walking through a city at that time of morning. What time? Like 3 to 4 where it's virtually empty. Mm. Like you're in a, a... The hustle and bustle is all gone. And there might be yeah. a few people around, but it's pretty empty. Do you feel safe though? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I feel fine. Like Ash- I actually feel more safe in Melbourne at night than during the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ash and I managed to find a completely empty part of New York at some point at like I don't know two or three in the morning one night where we were this after the footy game night. Yeah, like blind drunk. Well, we wouldn't be able to find it on a map. Yeah, but you know it was brilliant to be in New York and look around and just not see exploring. How fun is it just to explore in yeah. New York? Doesn't yeah. matter where you're going, you're just walking around because there's something where, everywhere. Where every light pole was one you could dance on. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine you dancing on one too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little bit of bump and grind, Dando. <laughs> so Bart's now waking up, and there's something funny on the radio at this point. I can't quite remember it. Oh, um, no one's awake. There is right no now. news. No one's awake. Yeah, no one's and, awake to hear it. <laughs> Mom, can you make me some breakfast? There's a stuffed pepper in the bin. Just rinse it good. Yeah. <laughs> Animals are then watching Lassie. On yeah, TV. I love that. So dignified too. Yeah, like. That's almost like a Toy Story joke, to be honest. Yes, it is. Like yeah. the secret life of what they get up to when you're not looking. The good thing is that when he leaves, they put it back on. Yeah. 
And then he has the generator on his bike. Yeah. I never had this, but no, on the commentary, they said they had it in America. And they, yep. they were never that bright. Like, they were just really, really terrible. Really, really dim. Yeah. And obviously... Hard, harder to ride. Yeah. Created yeah. a lot of friction. Just a waste of time, basically. Yeah. I mean, just buy an LED. <laughs> Put a battery in it. I love how great... Uh, I love how uh, excited Skinner is for science. Mm. Science... It has it all. <laughs> what is it? Like, um, all, all of the down. fun of sitting down, being quiet, and writing down numbers. <laughs> I, I will confess here that I do love looking up into the stars. One good thing about going to Condoblin on the weekend was there was no, no Oh, yeah. Pollution. You would have had the most crystal clear sky. Yeah, it was amazing. And not only that, the, your trip to Condoblin coincided with A, a new lunar cycle. So, you had no moon in the sky, which further enhances the darkness. And B, you may or may not be aware of the fact that the Orionid meteor shower is occurring yes. as we speak. Yep, yep, yep. So, you would, have been, you would have had beautiful views if you took the chance to see some... Well, we looked because we everyone was talking about it, but we mm. couldn't see anything. Yeah, okay. But yeah, Sometimes it, you've got to... Chill out and wait for a couple of hours and yeah. see stuff shooting across the sky. But it was, yeah, just great. See, it was cloudy as fuck down here. I was all geared up to get my um, camera equipment out. I was going to go up to stuff. Dalesford, find some nice high elevation, but... No sighting. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much... <laughs> there was a great uh, meme of the AFL trade period using that saying... Oh, really? <laughs> no sighting. Was it of uh, Collingwood or... Oh, but it was just saying no signing. Oh, no signing. Yeah. <laughs> but continue. So, Skinner's looking up at the sky. He's just loving it, isn't he? Yeah, loving... Bart doesn't quite understand he, it. Skinner shows him the constellations and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Looking through the constellations and, as we mentioned, the three wise men and the three stooges, hey, you've yeah. got to use your imagination a little it, bit. It kind of uses that moment to set up the story that you never know what you might find up there. Yeah, it does a little bit. And also, um, I mean, it's such a big sky. Like, that thing of... Even the, the hopefulness in what Skinner says of... This part of the sky they believe is empty. I'm hoping it isn't. I like this Skinner. Yeah. Same. This is... This it's, not, it's not Principal Skinner. It's Skinner being space Skinner. space nerd. Yeah. Just nerd in general. Yeah. But like he... Skinner really loves the minutiae of what goes on to this. Like yep. to him... It's like that famous quote from Edison. I, 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 discovered, I invented a hundred ways of how not to make a light bulb. To him, not seeing something is just as exciting as seeing something because it confirms to him that yes, that bit of space is empty. Yeah. Even though it's empty, I've discovered that it's empty and it gets me one bit closer to discovering something that's not. For you non-nerds out there, for you manly men, you can kind of compare What's, it... They don't listen. <laughs> you can kind of compare it though... To, <laughs> they just listen, grinding their teeth, imagining beating me up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can compare it to a Got fisherman a going out, doesn't Got care if he catches the fish or not. He's just there to mm. fish. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I was going to say, like the, the manly men listening, I want to buy, buy a ticket to his book launch so I can dunk his head in a fucking toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks because he's not wearing glasses anymore that I don't think he's a nerd, but I can smell it on him. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember you wearing glasses anymore. I'm just used to it. It's just happened. Yeah, that quickly. Yeah, good. Uh, the amazing thing is, you also don't remember me having a perm anymore, and that's only been four days. Principal Skinner mentions that the he found something once. Can't quite remember what it was, but the other principal found it first. Um, does he even say what it was? I can't quite remember. Um, but it's sort of like a Vietnam flashback. He's like, yeah. I got him. And he's the boy too. Yeah. <laughs> I got back at him. Then he starts writing down the findings, findings, and it's a no sighting. Just write down my findings as I give them to you. Six hours, 19 minutes right ascension, 14 degrees, 22 minutes declination. No sighting. Mm-hmm. Six hours, 19 minutes right ascension, 14 degrees, 23 minutes declination. No sighting. Mm-hmm. 
Six hours, 19 minutes right ascension, 14 degrees, 58 minutes declination. No sighting. Did you get that one, Bart? Hell no. Good. What's great here, too, is I never sort of realized how funny the relationship between Bart and Skinner actually is. They've got mm. a really great comedic dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, they do. Um, it's probably underrated how good Harry and Nancy's yeah. chemistry is between each other. Yep. And I think it's better when Skinner's not being Principal Skinner. Mm. I think that he's funnier when he's just being himself. Yeah, or, yeah, like when they're connecting on a one-on-one level. So, whether that's Skinner joining the army mm. or even in uh, Bart the Hall Monitor. Or Bart as yeah, a whole monitor where they're a friends, moment where yeah. they connect, yeah, on a different level. Yeah. Then he does find something. He gets really, really excited. He goes to call the... <laughs> Calls the observatory. Observatory. Yeah. And it turns out to be just a balloon. Yeah. Nope, forget nope, it. Nope, nope, forget that. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, it's coming close to the ground. It's a pretty... Nice, I know it's only been like five minutes, but it's a cool little throwback. Yeah. <laughs> just to set, set that first gag up just for that moment. Bart then knocks the telescope. He says, don't touch anything. Mm. Yeah, because if, like the slightest change in elevation yeah. could ruin it. Smacks it. <laughs> like a pirate looking through it. Then he actually finds the comet. But mm. he doesn't know what he's found. No, just not so really. This looks cool. I've had a call it. And yeah. it's really well done how they had Skinner call first so he can just push the redial button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then... But as you said, so Bart just very blase about the whole thing. Even spinning the telescope while, while he's on the phone. Waiting. How great is that? That's a great bit of business. <laughs> it's like like twirling a phone cord. Like he remembered the coordinates. Looked yep. at them first. Yeah. <laughs> Skinner is then upset that he comes back. Comes back to here. Like well, he's excited at first because he comes back weather balloon in hand. Yeah. And then gets a congratulations, Bart. You've discovered a comet. And then we get the no. Let's, Let's go. Appro- no. <laughs> Newspaper, school is for losers. No! <laughs> Come back from commercial. And this is one of my favourites of all time. And I don't remember it. But this is the first time I remember hearing it. Uh, it's so good. And then I sped away without anyone seeing my license plate. I got away there. Anyone seeing my license plate. <laughs> Sounds like you had a good day, Dad. <laughs> yeah, but I forgot to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great that they, they gave that awkward pause for a couple of moments to let yeah. that moment sink in too as well. Then she asked, Marge asked Bart how his day was. Well, what did you do today? Yeah, what did you what, do? What didn't I do was yep. his response. And here is where I learned that the Springfield Shopper clearly has an evening edition. Yes, yeah. They mentioned that in the commentary too. So they said, so the article before wasn't in this newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Boy Discovers Comet. And at first, Lisa, very annoyed by this. What? Yeah. Well, pro- but they don't, really, they don't really go anywhere with that, though. I don't know if it's though. fully annoyed or if it's shock. Yeah, like, What's true. he doing discovering that? They could have. I thought they were going to lead into that, the way she yeah, reacted, yeah. though. That's similar to what Lisa would normally do. She gets jealous when mm. Bart succeeds in something. She can't handle when mm. she's not the one Which, succeeding. to her credit, doesn't happen in this episode. No, 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 she doesn't at all. He then gets invited at school to join the super friends to eat his lunch. And since there's no other spots, he decides to sit down. This whole scene is just hilarious. I just these kids are unbelievable. What? Oh no 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 no! This is not good at all. <laughs> Why did what was um uh, ham? Why did that? Why was he called? I ham? love ham radio. That's it. <laughs> um, this here is email. Email cosine. <laughs> How good is it? <laughs> Why doesn't Lisa have a nickname? I don't know. She doesn't need one. Mm. <laughs> I guess it would have been funny if they had given her one. Something. Give her like a little nerdy something or other. Yeah. Cosine. Corey. <laughs> cosine. <laughs> but then... But Co- cosine was always my favourite when it came to trigonometry. Yeah. Something about saying cosine. Cosine. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember now when you used cosine. No. Was it when you had the tangential side or was it when you had the right angle? I can't so remember. I, who would know? No, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> then Bart goes to leave. He's had enough. He doesn't want to sit with these kids. doesn't want to be seen with them. 
and they say, what, what, what sort of sets him to say that the comet's right there? Um, he says something like, you know, when can we see this comet? Yes, when like, do you think we'll see let, it again? Let's come out and have a look, blah, yeah. blah, blah. He's like, it's right there. Perhaps some night you could show us your comet. There it is right there. I make it the point never to turn my head unless I expect to see something, Bart. Naturally, we can't see your comet in broad daylight and without a telescope. But you don't need a stupid telescope. It's right there. <gasps> oh, no, 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 no. This isn't right at all. It must be coming toward us at a fantastic speed. That delivery from Nancy is unbelievable because on paper that would simply say it's coming at us at a fantastic speed. Mm. The emphasis on the fantastic... It's perfect. brilliant. Just I perfect. also love her acting as Bart uh, after, straight after that with Lisa. Um, and she's she trying to find something wrong with my comment. You've always been petty and small right from the beginning. <laughs> I know, how good is it? <laughs> to the observatory! <laughs> <laughs> but then the most thing, we are the super friends and Bart, sh- mm. shut up. <laughs> mm. Rightly so. That's <laughs> so good. Then they play the doomsday whistle because they discover that there yeah. actually is a comment. Mm. Trouble brewing. Just random general store in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, just yeah. they can be in rocking chairs. At yeah, the exactly. <laughs> at Were the there any general stores with rocking chairs in Condoblin? Is that what it's called? Condoblin? There was no general store. They had an IGA, can you believe? Really? They had a, f- a fully fledged supermarket. Okay, serving the community. They had more pubs than they had supermarkets. I think they had four pubs on one street. I think in general you have more pubs than supermarkets, to be fair. That is true. I think most towns. More pubs than civilians? Okay, that is pushing the <laughs> pushing the limits. Nah, but let's not shit on Condoblin. No, much. let's. It's not exactly <laughs> too much. It's not exactly a large demographic of our listeners, Dando. I don't think it really. Twelve matters. of them listen. Did it really? I don't know. <laughs> there was a guy there though. It was a a full. Because if if twelve of them listen, that's a high percentage cut through. There was this old guy there. His name was Timmy, and mm. he was a drunk at the bar, and he nearly started crying because he was so happy. Because I've been a member of the Cats for forty four years, and Gaza's back and. God, that's good feeling. And he nearly started crying. I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, Timmy. <laughs> oh, well, shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Timmy's just crying because he was just so your happy em- that your empty the son life. of God's back, the son of God. <laughs> yeah, that's good because, I mean, it, it, if we follow scripture, it's going to work out so well when the son of God returns next, like in re- <laughs> for everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah, surely Gary coming back to Geelong is not going to cause any problems. We then get to the town meeting. In Springfield. Field. I don't quite get that gag. It feels. I understand why. It feels a little bit misplaced. Yeah. That at this point, like that would be a first time you ever see Mayor Quimby. Yes. That joke could work. Yeah. It doesn't work as much now. No, no. So the mayor has put together a slideshow of what he thinks is going to happen once. The well, not comet- just him, like experts. Yeah, yeah. Experts. He hasn't just drawn it on. It doesn't look like an expert's drawing, though. Here's what I believe. Oh dear God, no! <laughs> Poor Mo. <laughs> no, no. The fact that Moe's Bar is the one thing that's pointed out. But then they, they And then in the model, Moe's Bar has its name yes. on it. Everything else is a <laughs> nondescript building. But after it's hit, the two drawings, charred corpses. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to be around. Not just there's one, n- two lots. There's no getting around it. <laughs> you mentioned the rocket, uh, the, the model hits Mo. Even uh, Frankia. Oh, wait, that, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I did, wait, I didn't write that. <laughs> Quit stalling! Yeah. What's the plan? Yeah, I know. How good is it? Hey, hey, just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is so good. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, I love, you said that you love group Simpsons episodes. Yeah. I do love whenever the town gets on, like whenever mob mentality just Monorail. takes over and they lose their minds. I'll lose their minds. Yeah. <laughs> None more than this episode. Can you think of another one? Not as quickly turning as crazy. Turning into panic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
everyone then thinks that they've got a, a way to destroy the comet with well, the rocket. Yeah, like with the rocket missile defense system type thing, they all walk out and start laughing. Yeah. Mocking the comet. Yeah. Not Mocking wi- nature. Not wise. No. Do not tempt fate. <laughs> And Lisa knows this. She's concerned. And they're concerned in the back seat. And Homer says, the mm. reason we have elected officials so we don't have to make... What is it? Don't so we don't think, have to think. Think for ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the rainforest. <laughs> there was a problem with the rainforest and officials have fixed it. Dad, I don't think... Uh, uh, there's that word again. Yeah, yeah. The town of them watching the rocket launch. I love the music here of everyone getting ready mm. for the, the rocket launch. Everyone's I on really the... like the colour of the sunset as yes. well, actually. Yeah, the yeah. Twilight hours. It looks really nice, doesn't it? It looked yep. like Microsoft Word when you could do... Like Word Art, how you'd have the default oh, yes. um, word blend... Uh, yep. Is a colour blend from purple to pink? Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Homer's got a backup plan, hasn't he? That's right. See, while the unprepared are still sitting around twiddling their thumbs and going... Dad, the plan. I'm getting to that. So anyway, they're going. Dad. So anyway, we get in our car and take the bridge out of town. While all the while, they're still going. Dad. Not my cup of tea. I didn't th- I just thought, ugh, move on. Yeah, if you move on too quickly, it doesn't I, work. I, I know that's the gag. For me, though, this one didn't work. So The same way that the rakes with Bob, that worked for me. This mm. one just like went a little bit too long. Okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't become funny again to me. Okay. But I understand for most people probably would. Just mm. me, though, I just thought, oh, just get on with it. Yeah, okay. All right, well, is that at all because you've seen it so many times now, though? No, because I don't remember it at all. Oh, really? So I watched okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Then they set off the rocket. Mm. Homer's response is the most American response ever. It's like it's fire oh, yeah, work, fireworks on fourth of July. All right, it's so good. <laughs> Blows up the bridge, <laughs> the only bridge out of town, as yeah. is signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the little side gag here too. Of once it's blown up the bridge, the bridge out of town sign just becomes simply bridge out. Yeah, very clever. And we get the classic. <laughs> oh yeah, like the 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 uh, what are we talking? The neck pull. Yes, the collar pull. Yeah, yeah, because they're. Mm. It's such a Springfield thing to set this got rocket that same off. Plan. Set this rocket off, misses it. Yeah, <laughs> and blows up the blows only, up the only bridge out of well, town. Well, and Homer sets it up too. So that's my plan. We're going to take yeah. off at the only bridge out of town. I love that Homer's so proud of that plan as well. Yeah, no one else will have thought of that. <laughs> the funniest part is when Homer mentions what actually happens. Ah, don't worry about it. The, the atmosphere will just burn it up anyway. Oh, and yeah, a small little rock. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, scientifically accurate. Yeah, um, for the for the vast majority of things that ran into the atmosphere. So um, after the bridge is blown up, we get Reverend Lovejoy. Mm. I wish I was a religious oh, man. It's times like this, I, yeah. We don't have a prayer. <laughs> the, the animation on the way he runs as well. Arms yeah. up, knees he's flailing. flailing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's done. We come back and Brockman is reporting on the rocket that flew too high, apparently. and it Like Icarus. Yes. And it missed and hit the bridge. Actually, before that, you get a really nice shot of the comet where the camera pans mm-hmm. up from the town to the comet as this fucking looming presence of death hanging yeah. above the city. Imagine that knowing... There's nothing we can do about this. Yeah, like that's just there. Yeah. It's going to be there for the next few days. And then, well, shit, who knows what happens from that. Yep. But probably nothing good. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. <laughs> if Independence Day taught me anything, there's something in the sky like that, it ain't going to end well. Unless your president is Bill Pullman. <laughs> is he Is he the president in that movie? Is it Pullman? Yes, it's Pullman. It's not Paxton. <laughs> good morning. Um, uh, see, I can't think of that movie without needing to do the entire speech. <laughs> Final words. I've got my final words for this, this episode. Will be... As fate would have it, 
It's the 4th of July. That could be your last words, right? You can do the whole... I'll let you do the whole thing. Stick around for that, guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, I want you to quote... If, do you want me to do Randy Quaid as well? All right, Mr. President. <laughs> do the final little conversation between... Um, uh, Goblin and Will Smith when they're in the spaceship and just before oh. they fuck everyone up. <laughs> yeah, um, um, <laughs> when they're smoking the cigars. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the exact line of what he says. I, all I can think of is, like, <laughs> hi. Hey. <laughs> you think they have any idea? You, uh, you think they know what's about to happen? <laughs> they have no idea. Except they have telepathic powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're free. What? What? We can go. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to Bart's Comet and Brockman's doing a report and he's talk, he cuts to Arnie Pie in the sky and he shows cars just... Killing themselves, attempting to jump, and failing miserably. Yeah, <laughs> desperate times. Yeah. <laughs> Call for desperate measures. Artie says it's the shows the never give up spirit of our citizens. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to find a positive in yep, that yep, moment. Yep, yep. Then we get shown the government apparently failing as well. Oh yeah, like democracy, democracy. letting you down. Yeah, but the fact that like the bill to Shoehorn evacuate a town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd like to tack on an amendment to this bill. For $30 million? $30 million for whatever it was. I don't remember. Some art thing, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. Like something about smut or provocative art. Um, no. <laughs> motion is... Like, the motion is denied, whatever it is. I mean, it's taken to the extreme, but that's pretty much how democracy works. And, you know... In, in particularly in America, where it's so easy to tack shit onto bills and then things just get railroaded until the government shuts down. Then we get one of the classic Brockman quotes. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Democracy just doesn't work. And then, one of my favourite Brooklyn moments, yeah. the following people are gay. Which is apparently mostly writers. Yeah, I saw a couple names on there and I recognised them as being staff. Okay. Homer's not worried though at all. And this is where he accurately predicts what's going to happen. <laughs> but no one actually listens to him. Um... But well, there's no one really around. But w- like, well, when has Homer ever been right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. dismiss that offhand. Says he's got a bomb shelter. You got a bomb shelter? Cut to Flanders. <laughs> Flanders, let us in. <laughs> <laughs> Flanders, open up! hi de ho a neighbor. What can I do you for? Get out of there. My family needs to use your bomb shelter. Homer! Oh, I kind of figured this might happen, so I built the shelter big enough for both our families. No deal out. Get in the shelter, Homer. <laughs> no deal. So great. Even the fact that Flanders is prepared for it. Yes. He's like uh, I he know gonna what's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no deal. Out. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the montage of people preparing for the inevitable. Well, I think it's the, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to. They're all going to be dying. It's kind of weird. Some of the things that the people do. I love the penguins. Yeah. Start so, flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they've been they've been duping us this entire time. You know what I feel sorry for? Santa's little helper and Snowball because the family didn't think to save that. Mm, true. Well. And it's left them to die. If, if, if a comet was going to hit, you would rescue Murphy in Indiana, would you not? Oh, of course I would. Exactly. Yeah. Before many of my own family. <laughs> would you put it before yourself? That's a tough one. Comets. Because at the end of the day, they are still dogs. Mm, I mean, there comes a time. You got to think of all the other people who would miss you. So that's where you've got to put yourself before your dogs, I think. Because you would be one of the most missed people in your family, would you not? Uh, no, I think most of them would miss the dogs more. <laughs> Including <laughs> Ash. <laughs> Who's more likely to contribute good to the world? Maybe. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, there's one hour to go and the town has decided that they're going to all try and break in. There's apparently only one bomb shelter in all of uh, Springfield. and it's uh, It seems that way. But uh, the town has decided, apart from that one guy who's found a good hiding spot under, under a beach. Yeah. <laughs> 
They all try to break in. And you think they're going to just barge your way in. But Flanders says, I'm sorry, there's just no room. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. This was based on Twilight Zone episodes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And they mentioned it in the commentary. I'll see if it's on the Wikipedia mm. page. Uh, yeah, the Twilight episodes here, they're called The Shelter, and the monsters are due on Maple Street. Now, the, the Shelter one is where they think there's going to be a nuclear war, mm. and all the townspeople try to break into this family's bomb shelter because they want to survive as well. Okay. And they don't care about the, the family. Even though there's not enough room for them, they burst down the door, and after they've just burst down the door... Kind of like the mist. You find out there was no danger at all anyway. It was all a mistake. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. So, and then it's sort of like, I wonder whether the people destroyed themselves. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they're basically living in town now where we're like, well, we have no humanity. Yes, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not. And the other one it's based on is the monsters are due on Maple Street. Yes, I've actually seen that one. Um, okay. I have the complete series at home. I just haven't oh, watched yeah, yeah. all of all them. Of them. But yeah, yeah. So that particular one, um, basically, Shadow descends over a town. All sorts, all sorts of shit starts going haywire. Like a lot of... Uh, electrical motor all that sort of stuff starts playing up um and as the town descends into panic basically what has and, and panic and rioting and looting and all that sort of stuff it turns out that it was aliens that had flown over actually was aliens actually was aliens and they were um they, they weren't directly doing anything they were just manipulating the fear and panic of people by to see what would happen yeah by controlling the electricity which is an ingenious way to take over the town shows that we're controlled way. by yeah, like essentially the aliens were humans with a laser pointer and all of the people were cats. cats. Okay, yeah, good analogy. <laughs> a cat can't resist it, can it? No, no, they absolutely cannot. They no. will run into whatever object Hours. you want them to run into if you've got a laser pen on the ground. Yep, yep, yep. It's the most fun in the world. What's a dog equi- equivalent of that? Any food. Yeah, I true. Um, I've seen Jet stop eating because he's too full. You sure he's a Labrador? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Maybe he's just fussy. Actually, I have noticed that. Like, I've come over to your house before and I've seen Half untouched food in his dog bowl. Yeah. I'm like, what? Did you put him outside? He's just, he's <laughs> just like, uh, what happened here? You've already fed me two breakfasts. I don't need a third. <laughs> come on, Jet. Lift your game. I know, right? <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. On the subject of dogs. Yes. For the first time ever, um, two days ago now, mm-hmm. I up close saw a St. Bernard. Like a fully They're grown huge, four, four year old St. Bernard. It was 80 something kilos. This one lives just around the corner here. It's yeah, right. Massive. Guy was saying his dad was 110, um, but because this one was um, desexed, it didn't have as much testosterone, didn't grow as big. Slobber central. It was amazing. Yeah. I, 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 re- I went down for a hug. I got up and my shirt was just drenched through. <laughs> and um, not only that, the thing. It's everything you expect, though, isn't it? it is. Watching Beethoven, like you look at them and you know it's a big dog, but I've still like crowd cr- or ducked down, sort of into a half squat to give this thing a cuddle, and it knocked me over, and mm. I was really taken aback by how heavy and powerful and absolutely immovable this thing was. Yeah, enormous. So much love, though. But lovable, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Say, yeah, just gentle giants. Yeah, and give it, gave it the big like <laughs> kind of like head shake, just <laughs> saliva flying everywhere. <laughs> So Flanders lets all the townspeople into the shelter because he's just that nice. Flanders comes across very well in this episode. Oh, does he? What? All idea, ideas that had him being a dick. For the, nah, he sacrifices yeah, himself. For the entire town. Kicks himself out of his own bomb shelter. Yeah. Oh, no, he doesn't. He just accepts that everyone else wants to kick no him out. No one needs left-handed things. Yes. Whereas hilarity <laughs> and gossip. Gossip, yeah. Mrs. Lovejoy. Not only does he kick himself out prepares his own son to kill him. Like, yeah. I might go, what was it, mad with fear out there. So if I try to, if daddy tries to get in, I want you to shoot him, okay? That's some dark humor it's right there. It's amazing gallows humor. Yeah. As he's just crying as he loads okay, the shotgun. <laughs> crying and agrees to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And classic Maud here. Like she says, I'm coming with you. No, no, okay. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you kind of feel that she's not satisfied with her marriage, Maud. No, I don't know about that. You reckon she enjoys every aspect of the marriage she has with Ned? I think she's every bit as religious as Ned. I feel like they both... She's got a she's got a different side to her though. Yeah, maybe she does, but I feel like she's for the got most an animalistic part, side to her that we've yet to see. For the most part, I feel like they are they believe that their time on Earth exists purely to get through to the next stage, and they've each they've found within each other people that they can love as humans and admire and move through that stage together to the next life. Yeah. So everyone's squashed, and we mentioned earlier, it's a great visual, everyone's squashed into the mm. bomb shelter. Packed literally to the rafters. <laughs> this uh, but who's touching me? I am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and they start deciding who gets to stay and who doesn't. And as we said, Homer just says it's, Homer says it's time for Flanders to get out and yep. Flanders accepts that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, like... As he walks off singing Kesarasara, you can just hear that everyone's got that moment of reflection of what have we done and become, but it is deflected very quickly by, hey, I know a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a case of, I feel really bad, but I also want to live. Yeah, exactly. So let's try and forget what's going yeah, on. Yeah, let's try right and now. distract ourselves yeah. from what we've done by making barnyard sounds. <laughs> and then, again. That sound. Oh, my God. I mean, it's to A, highlight the tension of the situation and B, just how dysfunctional Springfield is. Yes. Even that just descends into a screaming match. Yep. Hey, I-, I got an idea. We can play a game to pass the time. Uh, I'll make the sound of a barnyard animal and uh, y- you all try to guess what it is. <clears throat> it's a pig. It's a cow, man. It's a pony. No, it's a goat. You know, one of them lady goats. There are no lady goats. A lady goat is a sheep. I believe she's right. You're crazy. Dar, what's it to you? What's it to me? First off, Stop it, stop it. Can't you see this barnyard noise guessing game is tearing us apart? Whatever will be, will be. Say, Mo, was it a duck? Then they all start playing again. Homer tells them all to shut up, shut up. Love, yeah, he's, he's the one that's... Homer who led it the first time <laughs> suddenly becomes the voice of reason. The one who kicked Flanders out. Turns on his kids. <laughs> Especially <laughs> his children. <laughs> it was good when he was yelling at Flanders, I'm sorry, yeah. please forgive me. <laughs> he's disgusted at everybody, so he goes mm. to leave. And anyway, it was a baby ox. Yeah. He's right, you know, about the ox. I love that that's the first thing. About the ox? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone then follows suit. What we get... After that is almost like a Frank Capra style moment of it's the great. whole town rallying together, and Ned's singing is quite beautiful on that hill. And where the where the, apparently the orchestra or the choir comes into that song, that's where mm. the, you start hearing the townspeople. Yeah, and right. The way he opens up his arms, Flanders, it's a really yeah. nice moment, isn't it? It is beautiful, really beautifully really animated nice. as well. The behind Flanders, yeah. But then just him. before it could possibly get too schmaltzy, yeah. run, run. <laughs> 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 really good. And then what Homer predicted is exactly what happened. Mm. Great too, that as it's coming through, pops the, a balloon. Yeah, that's pretty good. And that there is actually a chihuahua there. When does it, was a chihuahua? The ch- isn't there a chihuahua? Homer says it's going to end up no bigger than a oh, chihuahua's head. Of course, head. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That one even went past me. And it breaks the bomb shelter. <laughs> so had they stayed in there, they all would have died. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Just like the <laughs> tiny, tiny little pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down it goes. Makes you appreciate the preciousness of life. Start smoking, Patty and Selma. Yeah. <laughs> And Lisa realises that it was actually the pollution that they had in Springfield that saved the day. Yeah. We also get that. Now let's burn down the observatory yes. so this can never happen again. Yep, yep, yep. I can't believe that extra thick layer of pollution that I've actually picketed against is what burned up the comet. Well, what's really amazing is that this is exactly what Dad said would happen. 
Yeah, Dad was right. I know, kids. I'm scared, too. <laughs> all in all, I, I'm really disappointed in myself that I didn't include this in the book in my top five. It's Look, I, so good. I, I really enjoy it. I still don't know that it hits on the same levels as some of the as some of my very, very, very favourite episodes. Okay. Um, but it's hilarious. and it's, it's, From start to finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I can't fault the episode. It's just one that some episodes, for whatever reason, transcend the and go to another level of, so of meaning for you. It's, but it is a great, great episode. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? I learned not to trust American manufacturing for your bomb shelter. That is true. I learned there's a 4.30 in the morning now. That's normally the time that you finish editing the podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. Do you refer to, do you refer to, refer to that as 4.30 in the night time? Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. What have we got this week, Mitch? What's on the Twitter this week? Well, you asked the Twitter this week. And yes. To, to, um, it's funny because I've been in a bad mood all day. There's no getting around it. and well, so why, why have you been in a bad I've, mood? Reasons I won't get into. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the point is I've been cranky. <laughs> and so I was about to tweet. And like your tweet was rather optimistic. Tonight we review Bart's comment. Tell us what's the coolest thing you've ever found. Best comments to be read on the podcast. Um. Did you? Was it hard for you, by the way, to fight the temptation to write you in capital letters? <laughs> because I know that you love going, tell us your favourite oh, bit. Oh, I do that. On or what's fa- the coolest thing that you've I ever found? do that on Facebook because it stands out when you're flicking through. Yes. It's a proven social marketing point that works. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> and I look at it and I go, I, I won't have it on Twitter because... I like to respect the intelligence of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of our fans. Anyway, um, so but yours was quite upbeat. What's the coolest thing you've ever found? Yeah. Mine was going to be either where would you like a comet to land <laughs> or how do you want the world to end? <laughs> that, that were going to be my two tweets. <laughs> but you got in ahead what, of me. What are the responses? I haven't read any of them. Uh, let's have a look. Um, oh, this one's just sucking up to us and there's a few of them. Um, I almost don't want to read any of them. Why? Because they're so desperate to get on. I'll read them. Read them. <laughs> At Nirvana Fan 2014, discovering the podcast through the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, Katie Ree, same here. Best thing I've ever stumbled on. At K Maloney123, this is it. My guaranteed M. <laughs> My guaranteed in. Ahem. This podcast. Uh, I like this. Elliot, um, at Elliot J. O'Neill, the remote. At Nick Ibis. The remote. That's Elliot's good. remote. <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> Good lord! At Neil Parks found a spine on the beach last year. You should be a reporting. Spine? Yeah, you should be reporting that to the authorities, yeah. not to Twitter. Good <laughs> gracious on, me! What are you doing? Last year? <laughs> what, what have you? What's it been up to since? Spine of what? You walk around to Neil's place and it's like, <laughs> like, the, I, like the, um, you, predator's you, no, spaceship. Well, yeah, that. <laughs> I was going to say, you walk in, he's like, "Can I take your coat?" <laughs> just, just <laughs> ready to hang it. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. At. Uh, JSY Cowboy once found a 20-pound note amongst some leaves while walking to school. Decent. To 12-year-old me, that was like finding a million bucks. Oh, f- finding $5 was enough. That's I like- found two the other day and I was happy. Oh, mate, anything. Anything over 50 cents. Mm. Like 50 cents is fine. I'll, p- I'll pick up 50 cents. Anything under 50 cents, you question it. It's like, oh, I don't... I want it. Do I really need it? Probably not. Oh, that's uh, Great White Gibson also found four-finger discount. Okay. Um, so that's everyone mentioned that tried to just blatantly suck up to us. Thank you very much. <laughs> Someone else found a hundred bucks in Big W. Hundred dollars. Yeah. Whoa. Crisp green one. Would you return that? Because that sort of gets into oh, theft how, territory. How, how Depends you, where you find how it. How can you? 
You can't prove ownership of money. What are you going to do? Walk to the front counter. Would anyone that dropped $100 please come forward? It's going to go straight in their pocket, isn't yeah. it? If whoever you give it to is going to keep it. I yeah. guess so. Or they put a call over the PA, but how do you trust the person that came up? That's true. Um, prove it. What's the serial number? I think the only... Like, if you felt guilty about keeping that 100 bucks, donate it. That's the only way around it in that situation. Yep. <laughs> At Articular Hades. Once I thought I found a spearhead, but it turned out to be the blade of my trowel. <laughs> Not bad. Um... Okay, so that's that's the Twitter for the week. I need to mention, this is a bit of a throwback from a few episodes ago. Mm. A guy mentioned that he was going to make the uh, travel cards, you change the name to Smart Cards, S-M-R-T cards. The oh, guy yeah, over in yeah, England, yeah. he sent through a screenshot of, a, of one of the cards. Oh, really? He actually caught up to the episode. He goes, his name is James Rabs Heaney. Oh, is this on Facebook? Yes, on the Facebook page. And he is a commercial officer in the UK. And it's, I'm assuming it's similar to like a Mikey card. This is the I Am So Smart card. Yes. And he says, hey, I've caught up to the episode where you read out my email about smart cards, or SMRT cards. Mm-hmm. And he said you'd share the shit out of the photo. So here it is. And it's a, it says, new SMRT card right there. That's brilliant. <laughs> really good. So that will be getting a share on the Facebook page as well. <laughs> so props to you, Mr. Rabs Heaney. Thank you very Haney. much, Rabs. Um, I will point out, by the way, guys, you can st- uh, you can still get tickets just at this juncture. You can still get tickets to come along to the book launch, which yes. is going to be in Geelong at Beeb's Bar on Friday, the 3rd of November. Um, someone had mentioned that they were unable to make it because we were originally going to have it a week later. So I desperately apologize to you guys. We will try to do some other events in the future. But if you aren't doing too much and you've got a spare five bucks and you want to come down to our fair city, you can come meet Dando and myself. Um, if you already have a cop, like uh, pre-order copies through us are sold out, but you can, by that point, you'll still be able to buy books in stores and that sort of thing. So if you want to come along with the book, we will sign it for you for happily. Sure. Um, Get a photo with Mitch. Yes. So you can either just jump on to stickytickets.com and search Homer's Odyssey or go to our Facebook page and find the event where the links are available to buy entry. There will be some food. That is all. <laughs> That's it. There's also going to be a Q&A hosted by our friend Guy. It's going to be, we're going to talk about the process of what yeah. went into making the book. Yep. It's going to be a great night. Come for the food, stay for the Q&A. Yes. Uh, David Cummer writes in, uh, with regarding to us last week, picking up a uh, bag man isn't what we thought it I was. I did see this, yes. It's nothing to do with supermarkets. A bag man is a person designated to collect or distribute illicitly gained money, mm. such as bribes to public officials or money that is collected in a criminal enterprise, such as a protection racket. Um, I should have known that based on the fact that in The Wire, someone is pulled up driving away with a bag full of money, like a, a shopping ah, bag okay. full of money. Um, he was the bag man. So, David, thank you very much for pointing that out. It just shows how uh, pathetically little we know about criminal enterprise, despite the fact that Dando does live in North Geelong. Oh, this is pretty sweet. This is a really long email. Um, so, strap yourselves in. This is from Phil Durney. Hey, I've been listening to the podcast for the last six months or so from the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Phil would like to thank us for the kind... Uh, oh, sorry, thank us kindly for the engaging, intriguing, funny, and occasionally insightful conversations. Only very occasionally we do try to keep our conversations as uninsightful as possible. I can't really remember how and when I came across the podcast, but I'm very glad that I did as my current regular podcasts were getting a bit dry and old. Cop that cereal... I experienced one of the... I added that in, of course, not Phil. I experienced one of those magic moments where you throw out a Simpsons quote and receive a hell of a reply in return. Oh, so this is the Simpsons in real life? Correct. Or? Okay. So to set the scene, uh, Phil was participating in the uh, Beach to Brother running event. Beach to Brother? Um, Beach to Brother is a marathon race starting at the town... Um, 
Sorry, the town beach of Port Macquarie, mm-hmm. with course hugging the soft sand of beaches and beach trails for more than 30, 30 kilometres. That's a lot of beach running before turning inland and finishing on top of the Running north. on the sand for 30 kilometres. Yeah. Um, before finishing on top of the North Brother Mountain. So after 30 k's of sand, you've got to run up a mountain. Sweet Jesus. After 30 kilometres on sand, you've got to run up a mountain. Yes. How have more how how people fit, not heard about this? is this man? What's he wow. As it so happens, the day of the event fell on one of the first really hot days of spring. So temperatures uh, rose to nearly 39 degrees Celsius in parts, with starting gun going off at 7am with a temp in the low 20s. Mm-hmm. Given the course was mainly on sandy beaches with no shade, it got very hot very quickly. Yep. Um, now, Phil's the type of runner that likes to come up with what he considers to be witty and off-the-cuff remarks to share with volunteers. I'll say that if you're coming up with them as you run up to the volunteers, it's not off-the-cuff, but anyway, uh, who man the aid stations located at points along the course. So every 8Ks or so, you've got like your little first aid, Water. drinks, and all yep. that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, he figured that they spend all day filling up drink bottles and listening to whiny runners. Um, so the least he can do is try to give them a laugh or a smile. Mm-hmm. As he slowed down to a walk while approaching a checkpoint around the 32k mark, he greeted the checkpoint volunteer with a g'day, and one of the um, one of the checkpoint volunteers nicely asked if he if that he would like her to um, refill the water bottle for him. He replied in the affirmative and took out his half-empty drink bottle, unscrewed the lid, tipped the bottle upside down, and gulped down the last remnants of water inside. Upon finishing the water, I lowered the drink a little. Ah. I'd appreciative, uh, appreciatively exclaimed and then followed up with a, whoa, that's good, squishy. As usual and expected, this statement was followed with silence, not even a smile or appreciative nod from the four or five other checkpoint volunteers. However, the kind volunteer who, had offered, uh, who offered to refill my bottle had reached out and taken my empty bottle and turned to refill it. The volunteer turned back with an impassive look on their face, a now full bottle of water in hand. She pointed in the general direction of the finish finish line and proclaimed, New York is that away, man. Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah, that's great. I thought, I thought it was going to be a thank you come again. Uh, yeah, okay. No, this is much better. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, he said he was overjoyed at getting um, a, a massive response. I'd like to think sprinted to the finish line from there. And they're now married and have two kids. Um, that's usually how these emails end, isn't it? It is how a lot of them... <laughs> How a lot of them end, yes. Uh, Phil has a website that he'd like us to plug. Phil Derny, Phil, F-I, sorry, F-I, good Lord, P-H-I-L-L-D-E-R-N-E-E dot net, where he often, where he occasionally writes some things. So if you'd like to read some things that someone else has written, feel free to go to net. Daniel Felzon writes in, hey guys, good podcast, good, not great. Sorry, that joke's probably been done already only about 873 times, but I laugh every time it happens. In all seriousness, in our previous podcast on Home of the Great, um, Daniel was hoping for a mention about the helmet slash hat thingy that Dr. Hibbert wears Mm -hmm. in the Stonecutters. Do you have any idea what that was? Not a reference. No, I don't. It's not a reference or anything. It's just like looking, isn't it? It is a kind of little Aztec y looking helmet type thing so if anyone out there has any insights mm. as to what that hat come or what that hat is or where it comes from please write in so we can answer daniel and make it look like we have done some work um okay uh hugo dean writes in mitch and dando you guys are full-blown rad lords rad lords which i believe is a race of mutant in fallout 4 my name is Hugo, and I am from Melbourne. I just got back from a music tour called Up the Guts. <laughs> this is the most Aussie thing in the world, yeah. where four bands drive a rickety old bus from Melbourne to Darwin, playing gigs all along the way. Including Condoblin? Well, I don't know. Is Condoblin Up the Guts? Pretty, kind of. It's close. Okay. Um, 
Your podcast made the long drive such a pleasure. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that you're in a you're in a car full of musicians and you're like, oh fuck, I need something to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hugo's been obsessed with Simpsons for as long as he can remember, but a thought only recently hit him. Where is Dr. Nick actually from? I feel his a- accent might be Eastern European or something like that, but I can't recall it ever being expressly mentioned in an episode. I was wondering if you could help me figure it out. Do you have any theories on where Dr. Nick might be from? Hmm. So we think of Dr. Nick as like, He's hi, everybody. It's European, mm. I feel. Mm. I want to say that Dr. Nick is He's from, not Italian. Well, I want to say he's from Delaware. But he's just banging an accent on. But he's pretending. Mm, like Better Call Saul style. We need to ask who voices him. What was the inspiration for? And what was the inspiration for the voice? Maybe that's where you'll find out. Well, Hank from. does a lot. Like I mean, it's Aria. Hank does a lot of middle. I think it's just meant to sound simple as opposed to an accent. No, I don't think it's simple. It's a fairly fairly out there voice. For only twenty nine ninety five. Like everything's mm, kind of got that little what, bent. What is from it. that accent? I feel like it's almost it's Arabic. Not, yeah. Um. Like, not full-blown... Like that, you'll be sorry, that with the monkey poor guy? Uh, Marrakesh. Let's say that... I don't even know if that's that's Arabian, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. (laughs) I'm going to say that Dr. Nick is from Marrakesh. So he's like the guy... I think that's uh, Spain. Marrakesh in Spain. Robin Williams from Aladdin in the intro. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that was... (laughs) Too close. I'm in a little close. Uh, Morocco. Yeah, Marrakesh, Morocco. I'm going to say somewhere around that area. I'll agree. Not in any way Arabic. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> any more questions? Uh, no, that's it. So that's it for the mailbag yes. this week. Good mailbag. I like a varied mailbag. That was very, yeah, yes, quite good. Anyway, so... Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> thanks for listening to our review of Bart's comment. I hope you guys loved the episode as much as I did. You, you, did you say you loved it? I loved it. No, I do love the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great episode. If you haven't gone back and watched it, make sure you do it. You will not regret it. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode that had a scene drawn by David Silverman that inspired Matt Schofield to be an animator. Can oh, you remember what that is? I know it's in our book, which is available yes. for pre-order now. Um, oh, Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown. That's right. It was the bicycle. The tricycle. Is yeah. It? Well, it's not a tricycle. It's a mini bicycle. It's a mini bicycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great I episode. love Another Homie great the episode. I'm actually really looking forward yes. to that. Yes. That's it. You guys have held me back for too long. <laughs> I'm going to clown college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us were expecting that. I love <laughs> I love when it cuts to the guys at work and in the reality, you think they're clowns, mm. cuts to reality, they're on fire. They're on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If you have any questions you like read out and answered on the mailbag, as Mitch mentioned, we've got a book coming out next week. Make sure you pre order it or get it when it's out. What would be the best way to get it? If you're a book lover, Simpsons lover going in Melbourne. To, once it's once it's out, go into stores. Just go grab it when yeah, it's in there. Like help local. Buy yes. buy it from someone that's around the corner from you. It's gonna cost the same as it is on Amazon. It's a new release, so it yes. makes no difference. Yeah, that's true. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? I'm getting ready for it. I know what the final words are. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have a new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it is fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, 
The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Well played. <laughs> Shh.